Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Straight ahead on The Insiders. He didn't stand on a table, but he did sit down with us. Democratic presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke talks money, why it matters about how much he's raised, his family's fortune, and his commitment to renewables, even if the president makes those unfounded claims that wind causes cancer. Plus, he is one half of Iowa's big-time Powerball-winning couple, and he's a freshman legislator. Brian Losey's here to explain why he did not want to stay anonymous and why he did want to make a difference. And in the Insider's Quick Six, a challenge for you if you do not like what the county assessor sent you in the mail. Good morning. Money, money, money. The campaign emails were filling our inboxes as Democratic presidential candidates, at least some of them, were touting the campaign donations they had for the first quarter of this year. Here were the big four. Second-time presidential candidate Bernie Sanders dwarfed the rest with an $11 million haul. Kamala Harris raised $12 million, Beto O'Rourke with nine, and Pete Buttigieg with seven. I sat down with O'Rourke in Ames about all this attention about money. What do you say to those, and obviously you're not the only one, right? Everybody's talking about how much money they're bringing in. So what do you say to those, the Democratic activists who are listening to all of this, and you know, they're not too thrilled with money in politics to begin with. So when they're seeing all the releases about, I raise this, I raise this, I raise this, how do you comfort them that this is not being clouded by money? Not a single dime of what we've raised has come from a PAC uh, or a lobbyist or a corporation. All of it's from people, real human beings uh, from every single state in the union. And 98% of the contributions were under $200. So it shows um, a lot of people giving a little bit amount of, a little bit of, of money, which is the best possible response to the concentration of corporate power in this country that's been able to buy the outcomes of elections and legislation. This is really, truly the power of people. And, and I'd like to think in Texas, we helped to set the standard for getting PACs and big, dark, unaccountable money out of our politics and out of our democracy. We can legislate that. We can you know, amend the Constitution. But the best thing is to lead by example. So this campaign aims to be the largest grassroots campaign this country's ever seen. All people from every walk of life, every single state, low dollar donors, that's what's going to power this campaign. Uh, you talked on stage, uh, somebody asked you about your, uh, or afterwards talked about tax returns, said you'll, you'll release your tax returns. Do you think that as people start examining you and examining all of your counterparts as well, uh, your family money, does that become an anchor for you? Is that, does that give the impression to some people you might be out of touch? You don't know what it's like to struggle. How do you relate, how do you make sure you can relate to everybody? You know, I think I'm, I'm going to have to tell my story. Um, you know, the fortune that I've had of, you know, being able to go to college, but, but working a job every year that I was in college, uh, taking out student loans like so many other millions uh, of Americans and paying those back over time. 
uh, working and then starting a small business, meeting a payroll every week, um, serving on city council, serving my community in, in Congress. Um, so I think, yeah, tax returns help to tell the story of where your income is derived, um, where there may be real or perceived uh, conflicts uh, of interest. I think the president should release his returns. I'm going to release my returns. I think every candidate should release their returns. Um, but I also think the way in which we campaign, the priority that we place on people from every walk of life, and I could care less if you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent, come from a big city or a small town, you're just as American to me as anybody else. And I want to make sure that I show up and listen to you and learn from your experiences and that we make that part of how we bring people together around the big challenges in this country. Healthcare, an economy that works for all, partnering with rural communities, averting the worst consequences of climate change before it's too late. All of that is within our hands now, but only if this country comes together. Uh, last cycle, Iowans watched another Texan, perhaps you've heard of him, Ted Cruz, uh, campaigning. And, uh, you know, the questions for him involved for a lot of people, big oil, or are you going to be on renewable side that's so important to, to our state here? So as another Texan, yeah. uh, where's your loyalty there, big oil or renewables? My loyalty is to the future and to the people of the future, my kids, your kids, the generations that are going to follow us uh, on this planet. And, and the only way that we can be good to them and live up to our end of the bargain, our obligation, is to free ourselves from fossil fuels, invest heavily in renewable energy, ensure that this economy transitions so that we get to net zero emissions as soon as we can. If this planet cooks one more degree Celsius, um, the generations that follow ours are gonna have a very hard time surviving, growing their own food, living in the communities that we call home now. We still have, the scientists tell us, about 10 years within which to act. Iowa an absolute leader in this country on wind. Actually, so is Texas. Iowa, a leader in biofuels. Um, our two states, the other 48, could lead not just this country, but the world in reducing our greenhouse gas emissions. We could give farmers and rural communities more opportunities to plant cover crops, precision tilling, um, markets and technologies that allow them to profit while helping to take carbon out of the air. There's so much that we can do, so many jobs connected to that. So that, that's where I'm looking forward to, the future. And, and the future calls for us um, to, to focus and prioritize renewable energy. If you have a windmill anywhere near your house, congratulations. Your house just went down 75% in value. And they say the noise causes cancer. So you support wind. The president just said that it causes cancer. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, unlike the president, uh, believe and listen to scientists, and they're, they're pretty clear about the choices that are left to us and the amount of time within which we have to make them. Um, about 10 years um, to get this country on a path to, to net zero emissions. Um, that means a transition to wind, to solar, to the storage technology, to helping farmers to do their part. Um, this could be great for this country, both in fulfilling our moral obligation and also creating the high-value, high-skill, high-wage jobs that more Americans need. The two fastest-growing jobs in America today, wind jobs and solar jobs. So let's create more of them. Up next, why a Powerball winner turned freshman lawmaker wanted to stay in Iowa and the goal he has before he leaves the statehouse. Imagine you win $202 million. You go buy a yacht and then set sail, right? Or maybe you get your own island? Nope. How about you build your town's only grocery store, a high school football stadium, and also give to numerous charitable causes, and then you become a state legislator. 
That's what Brian Losey did, and no, he's not sitting around wishing that if he could have just stayed anonymous when his family won big, like some other winners in other states can. A little bit, but I'm not. Um, there's actually a bill, apparently someone files a bill every year, uh, right. at least the last couple of years, about doing that and changing that so we could stay anonymous. And, and to me, I, I'm glad I would press against that bill, actually. Um, and I would really? vote against it. I would. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, for the most part, when I walked into the legislature uh, in January, no one knew who I was. You know, that, that idea that you, you, you're instantly famous for 15 minutes, and we've been a little more open to the public. But when I walked in the legislature, no one really knew who I was. And, and you were just a freshman. People. I was just a freshman. I was freshman from East Polk. I was the News Act nun. That's pretty, pretty much all you, anybody knew of me. Um, and that, there's, that's still the case. I think there's a lot, you know, people have kind of pieced it together, and most people now know I've won the lottery or my wife did. Um, but to me, um, more importantly, I think that, that publicness of it presents some sort of accountability uh, to the public and, and to make sure you don't kind of go off the deep end with things. So I, I've... Um, there's been good parts about it. There's been bad parts. But I think the good part is, is it certainly uh, holds us accountable to the public to do good things with it. And, and having that uh, notoriety does that. But it, it's fading, and it fades quickly. And so I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Don't you and Mary get hit up all the time? We do, um, you know, for good causes as well as some, you know, people randomly. And, and it's faded away a little bit. But we still get letters from anonymous people from out around the country saying, you know, They're your fourth cousin or whatever. Well, more of a, you know, we've lost our house. We've, you know, sure. every, every good thing about but a country. that's hard, side. right? Uh, it's it, hard to say. Isn't it hard? That. I mean, you have to, some of those stories have to be really sad. I realize you have no idea if they're true or not true, but isn't that tough? It, you know, it is tough to read those letters, and especially in the days afterwards, after, you know, being so fresh, all the things we went through before we won. Um, it's, it, uh, it is tough to, to, to just say no and to ignore that, um, you also have to have a healthy dose of realism that, you know, you can give them some money and it's just a Band-Aid and, and all you're doing is, is kicking the can down the road. Um, you know, they're going to have to make some real life changes in order to truly uh, better themselves. And um, it's the ones that are local that are a little harder to, to say no to. But uh, there are certain things that, that we're even constrained by from a, from a legal standpoint and charitable, uh, from a charitable, charitable standpoint that we can't just give money to individuals of large amounts. Losi is committed to expanded treatment of options for Iowans with mental illness. He is a family member who has battled substance abuse and mental health challenges, so that is one of his missions as a state lawmaker. Now, he's also not a fan of higher taxes. Our next guest is not too thrilled with higher property tax assessments that have been showing up at people's homes lately. Next, what she says you should do to take action, but not till this fall. Iowa families have been processing what has been a shock to some as they look at their property tax assessments coming in the mail. And it's especially shocking for people who got a little confused by what raising the local option sales tax would actually mean. Some had misunderstood and thought that approving that sales tax increase for Polk County would lower what they paid in property taxes. That's not exactly what's happening here. Let's bring in Gretchen Tegler. She's the president of the Taxpayers Association of Central Iowa. And your phone is probably burning because people keep coming to you asking what the heck all of this means. So will you first talk about 
these notices that we're getting in the mail, so the, it's essentially about a 10% increase in assessments. Why is this happening and is this really out of the norm? Um, every other year, the assessors will revalue re existing property. Um, and that happens in odd years. Even years, they just look at new construction. So they look at the market value of the property. And it is extraordinary this year. And we were warned that it would be extraordinary. We are seeing in Polk County an average of 10%. Of course, that varies depending on where you live. Um, and do you have any historical data going back to? Two years ago, it was in countywide, I think it was about 6 or 7%. Okay. So it's it's been climbing up obviously during the the recession and it, realtors it will fell, say because housing market's tight and this is what houses are going for right yes and interestingly um, historically the increases in the suburbs have been higher than in des moines whereas this year we're seeing the city of des moines increases really being up there for the first time in a long time those are 10 11 percent for the city of des moines and that's that's very unusual. But these um, value in, valuation increases, they're just a function of market value. And I, I tend to encourage people not to point at the assessor for doing that. He or she is just following state law. It's what the market is. Um, what really matters is what happens with that assessed value. If local governments next fall just keep their rates constant, then they'll capture a good share of that increase and taxpayers will pay that increase. So your property taxes don't, the assessment, your levies don't go up, but the assessment will cause you to pay more money. Yes, if they hold them, if they don't reduce the rate. And so that's long term, that's been an issue and been confusing for people because the assessments go up and oftentimes local officials will say, well, we've held the, the rate constant People don't understand why their, their taxes are going up. So where we need to point our efforts um, is towards our city council members, our county supervisors, our Broadlawns Board of Trustees, um, and ask them this fall to reduce those rates. Don't just tell us that the rates are going to be held constant and you're holding the line on taxes because that's going to generate what would be an automatic increase. So this would help offset some of that. So what are you telling folks? Because they're, they're, you can protest, and uh, the Polk County Assessor had said maybe about in half the cases or so, people will actually see a little bit of a reduction in the assessment. Now, it is a sort of a complicated multi-step process. You've got to do a little work, though. You can't just say, I disagree with you. That's right. Um, step one, of course, is notify them that you plan to assess or plan to, plan to protest because if you don't meet that deadline, then you, you can't do it. And it's a pretty quick deadline. So I think the statement that comes in the mail gives that information. So it's pretty easy to give that notification. And frankly, in Polk County, um, our assessor does a great job of providing many of the tools that one might need to make that protest. Um, on the website. You can look at what comparable properties have been in your neighborhood. They make it very easy to do that. I, I honestly, we do tell people, and we're taxpayer watchdogs, um, that the effort, you, you may get some reduction, but you're going to be more effective if the effort is directed at your local, effect, local elected officials who decide what to do with that assessment increase. 
And Polk is obviously the largest county in, in your area, but you look beyond Polk, though. So you're watching trends elsewhere. What are you seeing? Well, we're seeing Dallas County go up, but not as much. Um, and the the data from other um, statewide, we were expecting uh, the urban areas to go up, but again, probably not as much as here in Polk County. So. You know, that's another issue that we have in Polk County is if we go up way more than the statewide average, um, then the mechanisms that the state has in place to kind of moderate the growth won't help us as much. So we, we really have to be vigilant and, and hold our local officials accountable for not capturing all of that increase when they put budgets together next year. And I do want to make the point, too, about sales tax. So if Des Moines and West Des Moines, um, the local option sales tax passed, and it, its timing is, is funky because you do get your, your assessment right, right away, after that. Right so away. everybody's making yeah. that connection. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is that there's a big time lapse before the assessments that we're receiving right now kick in kick in and so we won't it'll be a year from now before those are reflected in the budget so what that means is we will see those reductions in our property taxes this year for the year that starts July 1 and when we pay our next bill we will actually see that reduction in the places where it passed but makes it all the more important for oversight organizations to be in place to monitor what happens after that because that's when it's really going to matter for where okay. the places where we passed it this year. It's going to be pretty confusing for the ones that want to put it on the ballot maybe this fall um, because then it's all going to be mixed together and we are Tough going to, to have separate. to sort that out and help people understand you know, what they ought to be expecting. That'll, that'll keep groups like yours busy here. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's never, never a dull moment. All right, if you can hang on here, we'll come back to you at the end of the show for the quick six. First, when we want to come back, a very, very serious matter we wanted to talk about, the fight ahead for a well-known voice and face at the Iowa State House. We'll talk about that next. We wanted to stop to pass along our best wishes and prayers for Carmen Bull and her family. She's a former state representative. She just earned the 2019 Pioneer Lawmaker Distinction for getting elected 20 years ago. Carmen is currently the chief clerk of the House, and she suffered a very serious health emergency after bleeding in her brain that required surgery. Then there were some serious complications, so that's made the recovery even more challenging. All of the best to her and her family as they navigate their way forward. Up next this morning, a this is your life moment with a former boss, some future challenges, and a prediction. The Insider's Quick Six is ahead. Welcome back time for the Insider's Quick Six. Gretchen Tegler is back. All right, ma'am, question one. This is sort of like a this is your life. Aww. So for the first one, tell people the mission of your association. Our association exists to promote efficient and effective local government, thereby improving the quality of life in central Iowa. All right. Question two. A few years back, you worked for uh, Governor Terry Branstad. I did. Uh, what was it like on a day-to-day -day basis working for him? Um, very wild. <laughs> wild and fast-moving. Okay. Uh, question three, you also worked uh, with West Des Moines schools. What do you think the biggest needs 
of our schools moving forward are today? Well, I would say that we need to find the best way to really um, put the focus on whether we're making progress with every student cohort. Are they learning? And being able to measure that and evaluate and performance manage based around that. We have the opportunity to do that now, um, and we need to get at it. Uh, next question. Uh, you also did some work with American Cancer Society. Where's the hope, do you think, in that? It gets a lot of publicity, but, you know, we, we need some cures here. Where's the hope to, that you see in the fight against cancer? Oh, gosh, the, the research is every day making a difference. I mean, particularly you look at childhood leukemia and, and things like that. Um, it's amazing what's happened. It used to be a death sentence, and, and it's not. But the research needs to keep going to then improve that quality of life for those who are dealing with it as a, a chronic condition. Question five, uh, you also did some work in the field of transportation. As you look at our- <laughs> Oh, you're digging way I'm back. going all over. As you look at our state more broadly, what do you think our biggest transportation need is? Since you always balance everything with tax dollars. Well, I, I frankly think the formula is still tilted um, out of favor for our local cities. The share of the formula that they receive and the job that they have and the share of total vehicle miles traveled that occur on those uh, streets, the funding is way out of proportion. Our funding is still directed to the secondary road and farm-to-market system out there that is getting fewer and fewer vehicle miles traveled on it. So I, okay. I think that's a big, a big challenge for All right. cities. Oh, excuse me. Finally, your prediction. Oh. I think that there's a new book out called Caucus Chaos, <laughs> Trump. I think that's going to be on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, that's very kind of you. <laughs> now, I also, I have a prediction that I, I hope is right, and I, I would like to see the interest that is out there right now on property taxes stay with us. You know, go to www.taxpayersci.org, sign up to continue to be informed because it'll really be this fall when we're going to need grassroots action. So I predict that they'll catch on okay. and that we'll be able to muster that in the fall and people that want to do something about this will have a way to get involved. Very good. Gretchen Tegler, appreciate you. Thanks for coming back. Yep, thank you. Let's stay okay. connected throughout the week. We'll see you right back here for the Insiders.